All right. So I was hoping that Artemis rocket would go up yesterday so I could tie this story right together. Uh, Artemis is the Greek goddess of the hunt. Uh, a fertility goddess. She is supposedly the twin of Apollo. Um, Apollo and Artemis are both tied to the moon. Throughout history, many groups have worshipped the moon, including the Muslims today. They won't tell you that, but you'll notice on their flag that that is their symbol. And uh, it's, it's, the same, it's the same concept. Uh, the, the Egyptians worship the sun. Uh, supposedly, Artemis is the daughter of Zeus. Zeus is the sky god. Remember, they've got a god for everything. And so, Artemis is the god of the city of Ephesus. All right, we have Athena in Athens. Each one's got their own. And there's a, a trade guild of silversmiths that are making a flat killing off of making these statues. Okay? Uh, don't think for a minute that they care about Artemis, they care about any gods, or they care about the people of Ephesus. They care about making money, all right? So just understand that right up front, that that's what we're dealing with in this story. And what we're really going to talk about is the, the opening sentence said, the people who are called the people of the way. Did you see that? That'd be us. The people of the way. Jesus said in John 14, I am the the way. Yeah. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we don't know whether this was a, a curse or a blessing, how they, were, how they were meaning this, because when the word Christian is first used in Acts 11, it said they were first called Christians at Antioch. The word means little Christ. We don't know if they meant that in a mocking way or a praising way, and the same way is here. Uh, but these are people who think they know the way to God, and they've caused a great disturbance here in Ephesus, all right? So the issue is, they know somebody's teaching about the way, but what's going to block their relationship with walking the right way is what blocks every person's struggle today. Whether you are a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, you struggle with the very principles we're going to talk about today. Pride, greed, and lust. And that's what's going on in Ephesus. And anyone or a combination of those things will hinder your walk on the way with Jesus Christ. Now, before we dig into this, I, you know, I remember the first time, everybody's done this, but you remember the first time that you ran into a teacher uh, in public and you were shocked that they eat food? You know, or maybe you're one of the teachers and you have to live with that, Right. Um, or you found out that, you know, somebody, well, they had a life before they were a teacher and they, you know, they played basketball or they, you know, what, whatever it might be. Uh, I don't know how many of you know, Mr. Rogers, I remember Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers was a Presbyterian pastor. I don't know if you guys knew that Ward Cleaver, leave it to Beaver, Presbyterian pastor. Um, see, you get a lot of good information. Um, and then you, you know, you, you've like seen mascots at games and, and then you find out who they are and it's like, wow, I had, I had no idea. And one of those for me, I'm just going to date myself, but how many of you remember Mr. Kool-Aid, the Kool-Aid man that used to break through the brick walls? We got it. We've got his picture here. Are you kidding me? I, uh, I found out who he, he was a ball player. Did anybody know this? He was the pitcher. Oh. 
I worked really hard to get all the way. We got there. All right. So I'm reading an article this, this, this last week, and the headline says, Snake Expert. Got my attention. And then you know what it said under that? Dies by bite of rattlesnake. Now here he is. Yeah, here's the guy's picture. I am, I'm sorry, but you lose that expert title somewhere along in that headline. Wouldn't you agree with that? Okay, this is what's happening in the churches. And I keep telling you the importance of the Word of God, the authority of the Word of God. So I watched a man preach this past week. I'm not going to tell you his name because I'm not here to hurt people. I'm here to teach you the truth. But this is one of the largest churches in America. And it's not a whacked out nutbag church, okay? You know what I'm talking about. There's plenty of crazies out there. This is a solid church of over 20 thousand people and the pastor got up and he held up a colander how many of you know what a colander is men that's what we drain spaghetti with all right it's a bowl with it's a bowl with holes in it he held up a colander and he said to his church he says this is how the bible works you put the bible into a colander and you let run out what you don't like and you keep the rest He knows better. He knows better. There's basic principles interpretation. Anyway, it's just ridiculous. I'm just telling you, this is what's going on, and you're going to hear more and more of this kind of stuff. And they'll tell you, oh, we believe in the Scripture, we believe in the Bible, uh, but there's some things that just aren't right. Well, there are some things that just aren't right. It's the preacher. All right? I'm just, I want you to understand. That's why I always want you to have your Bible your whatever you got, your iPhone, iPad, what, however you follow along, I always want you to have that to follow along. So in Jeremiah 6.16, the prophet says this, ask for the ancient pathways and do what? Walk in them. Ask for the ancient pathways and walk in them. We live in a time, and this is, I mean, this is easy to find on any college campus. You go to the college campus, and you don't even have to go to the professors. The kids will tell you that they are the smartest people ever to walk the earth. No respect for all of the scholarship that's gone on before. Nobody wants to look to the past to say, now granted, we're still learning things. Everybody would agree with that. But no concept of all of the history and the scholarship that's gone before because the professors are telling them that all truth ends with them. That's what's terrifying. And that's where we find ourselves today. Jeremiah said to his people, ask for the ancient pathways. What are the ancient pathways? Well, that would be Moses that would be Abraham's teachings. And go back and look at what was taught in the old times. Those are basic, fundamental, godly morality principles. And follow them. And walk this way. <coughs> Excuse me. But it says in the next verse, if you read on, the people said, we will not. It's frightening. And judgment comes and God destroys the whole city of Jerusalem as a result really of that choice. When they said, we will not follow the word of God. But as you go through this passage, 
He talks about the love of money. That's where it starts out. Again, don't think for a minute that Demetrius cares about Artemis. All right, if you're sitting around day after day making gods, you pretty much know they're not gods. Wouldn't you agree with that? It's like, you know what, let's make a silver one, we'll sell it for $1,500, we will make a gold one, sell it for 5000 I just doubt how much real commitment to worship is going on in their heart. No, no, he's the head of the trade union, and the only thing Demetrius is thinking about is money. And if Paul continues to impact the city, we're going to lose our resources. All right, that's, that's the only concern they have. So they're going to miss Jesus... Because of their love of money. Ecclesiastes 5 says that those who love money never have enough. For 1 Timothy 6, Paul said the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now listen, it doesn't mean you have to be a millionaire or a billionaire. There's plenty of those guys around. There's plenty of guys running around with their bling. They want you to see their cars and their gold and their chains and, and okay, whatever. Um, but... Sometimes it's the poorest people that have the biggest problem with money. You don't have to be the richest guy in, in town to have the one, be the one that loves money the most. Because it can be anybody. It can be absolutely, you could be the richest guy and be giving it away so fast that people can't even keep up with it. So there's, there's no way of telling where that heart relationship really is, but we're warned in scripture. In fact, Jesus talks about money more than any other topic because he knew money was one of the keys that would pull people away from God. So these guys are losing their money. Now we know Paul's having a great impact. We talked about this last week that by the end of the first century, this is 54 and 55 AD, by the end of the first century, the church in this city is going to be running 50,000 people. So a lot of people are becoming followers of Jesus. If there wasn't a lot of people, Demetrius wouldn't be mad. But there's a lot of people that are checking out on their false god, and this is causing him great consternation. Now, Here's what Ephesus looks like. <clears throat> if you went there today, uh, here's the theater. I don't know. It seats fifteen or twenty thousand, probably. Uh, this is where they're all gathered. They're ch- they're all shouting, "Great is Artemis of the Ephesians!" And Paul is going to walk into the middle of the floor and challenge all of them and preach the gospel. It's one of the few times Paul actually listened to somebody around him. And they said, Paul, they're going to chew you up, dude. You're going to die right there on that arena floor. And so this one time they are able to convince him not to go in there. The other major site, if you go there today, is the facade. This is the front of the library at Celsus. was not there in Paul's day. It was built about 80 years after Paul was there. But those are the two things that show us the, the historicity of the, of the city of Ephesus. But we know exactly where this story took place, where Paul is in this battle. Now, again, for those who want to challenge, is there a God? Let's have some fun. You know about DNA. We didn't know about DNA until what, 20, 30 years ago? I mean, this is a a fairly recent, uh, God knew about it since the beginning, but the fact that everything about you and me is in every single atom in our body. So you can take one little piece of my hair 
and you can reconstruct me. Kind of scary, but it could be done. All right? You can, they, they just, they just arrested a guy for killing somebody 30 years ago. He bought a soda and he wiped his mouth on a napkin. And they found, got the DNA off the napkin and that was the proof that he was in the place and he was the one that killed the person. All right, that's the power of DNA. And nobody has your DNA. The reason that we look the way we look, talk the way we talk, the hair color is what it is, is all because of the DNA. Now, supposedly this happened by random chance, right? Let me tell you about the DNA in your body. If your DNA were taken out of your body, because it's remember, it's in every atom in your body, it would stretch to the moon and back. Actually, that's not true. You ready? If the DNA in your body was taken out, it would stretch to the moon and back 500,000 times. That's how complex you and I are. You want to talk about being made in the image of God? You're trying to tell me that something is complex just as one atom, but enough to stretch to the moon and back 500,000 times. That's how well designed each one of us are. That's, that's the God who made us, all right? But the danger is to lose sight of the God who made us because of the things in this world. And how many people have forfeited their relationship with God or not even pursued a relationship with God because of their love of money? The second part is political. They got caught up in politics. They said, we got to make sure that Artemis is protected because after all, Ephesus is the great protector of Artemis. Now you got to wonder why a city has to protect their God, but I will tell you that the, the temple to Artemis was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Right now, if you go there, there's two blocks about this big. Destroyed by earthquakes and then people stole all the stone and built houses and other things. Uh, but it was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. This place was massive as a temple to the moon goddess. They're like, don't you understand, guys? This is about Ephesus. You hear the national cry? This guy doesn't care about Ephesus. This guy doesn't care about Artemis. He cares about his silversmithing business. But he rallies a crowd, and the wording is so good here. It said that the whole city came together, and they started screaming and chanting, and everybody wanted to kill Paul. But most of the people, they didn't even know why they were there. You could never see that happening in the modern world, could you? See, it's easy to get a crowd worked up, even if they don't know why. Now, here's what I think is really fascinating. A lot of the people that wanted to kill Paul on that day, in the next five decades, those people are all going to become Christians. How do I know that? Because you can look at the population of Ephesus and then look at how many people become Christians. And so a whole lot of those people that were in the middle of it, what it did was get them to ask, well, what is this way? What is this story about the way? But pride does strange things to people. Pride, when it comes to politics, when it comes to nationality, we forget that Jesus is Lord over everything. Here's what Proverbs says. I'll give you three shots of it. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. 
The Lord, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will never go unpunished. Pride goes before the fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. Wow. God speaks a whole lot about pride. You can read about it all through all through the Proverbs and through in the book of James talks about it as well. But pride will keep you from surrendering to Jesus. If I if I surrender to Jesus, I have to admit that I'm not the king, I'm not the queen, I'm not the president, that there's someone above me, that I'm not in charge of everything in my life or in this world. So if you've not accepted Jesus, we had a young teenager last night give her life to the Lord. It was very cool. Stage was covered with teenagers to cheer for her. Um, maybe it's your turn. You can come up front afterwards. There'll be people here. Push the button, I've decided, and Pastor John will be there uh, to help you. But we live in a very strange time. All right? If you don't know this about education, I'm going to tell you. It's the big push in education right now. Is <clears throat> that you cannot give students a zero for an assignment. Now, if you're a teacher, you know this. Uh, the lowest you can give them is a 50, and this is why. Because if you give them a zero, the, the, the chances of them being able to recover are almost none. I was taught that the reason, the reason to do your work is so you don't get a zero. I remember getting some eights and nines. I've been there. We've all been there at some point, right? But... It's not fair to give people what they honestly have deserved. But when it comes to God, we're going to get what we honestly deserve. There's not, it's not going to be like, well, God, surely you grade on the curve. Well, he does. The curve is named Jesus. And the blood that was shed is the grace that you and I get. There's not going to be, we're not going to, just not going to, we're going to forget about those three years. No, the only way those get wiped away is through the blood of Jesus. And that leads us to the last part of this. And in the last section, it's a belief in false gods because the people do. I don't think Demetrius does at all, but the people do. The people have bought this lie about this false god. And Artemis fell from the sky. Artemis fell from heaven. Zeus sent Artemis down. And so they worship this false god. And listen, I don't know what your false god is, but everybody's got one. All right. It might be your bank account, your 401k, your car, your house, your retirement house, your boat. It's, e it's really easy to find out what your God is. You look at your bank statement, you look at your calendar. Where do I spend my time and where do I spend my money? And if God's not a priority when you look at those two things, then go back and look and say, where am I spending my time and where am I spending my money? And you'll find out who your false God is actually is. Paul said this in Colossians. He says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption. We've been bought back and received the forgiveness of our sins. And then he finishes that at the end of that chapter. He says, once you and I talking to Christians, we were alienated from God. We were enemies in our own minds. Why? Because of our evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. 
because of Jesus and me accepting Jesus, I will be presented to God faultless. Now, my list is really long. How about yours? But that list doesn't go with me because of Jesus. I'll be presented faultless before the Father. Let me finish with this story. Indulge me. It's my story. So just indulge me. So a few weeks ago, I, uh, I was flying home to check on my mother after, after my dad had died and took her out in the Mississippi River for a boat ride with Mark Twain. Had a good time. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> but I left right after church, right after the uh, 1130 service. I jumped in my car. I knew I was going to be late. And I had several issues going on. I, I had to go to the bathroom really bad when I got in my car. But there was no time. I was late. I knew I was late. It's pouring down rain. And since Thursday, I told myself, Joe, the car won't run without gas. You need to put gas in the car because the little yellow light had already come on. There was no time to get gas. There was no time to go to the bathroom. So I uh, said, well, I just got to make it. So I, uh, I went the full speed limit all the way to the Orlando airport, no time to look for a spot, because remember, I gotta go to the bathroom. And so I went straight to the top floor, I parked, I, I went down that elevator, sprinted across, got to the bathroom, was a happy man. I go and have a good time with my mom. Then the whole time I'm there, I'm thinking, you gotta get gas. Because it said, I think 14 miles. You know, the, it says you got a little light comes on, but then it starts giving you miles, 14 miles. Okay. So I got in the car, and I'm coming across the 528, and they have no signs out there. They don't advertise. So you don't know if there's a restaurant, gas station. You just got to know. Well, I missed the one on Narcusi. Next sign says 48 miles to Titusville. I said to myself, self, we're in big trouble here. So I looked down at the gauge, now it says 10 miles. I didn't know this about my car, but after 10, it goes blank. Anybody ever seen this happen on your car? Listen, for those of you that fill up your car when it gets down to three quarters, just save it, okay? I'm not interested in talking to you. So I see the number 10. I know I'm 48 miles away, and then I watch it go blank. So in my head, I'm calculating, okay, you've probably got a gallon left. Surely you've got a gallon left. So I'm drafting a minivan now. I, am in, I live in the fast lane, but I'm in the slow lane, and I'm drafting this minivan. Just, I'm, and I start praying for a gas station, like God's going to put a gas station somewhere. Um, I realize that's not real smart uh, use of my time. So I'm thinking, okay, i got a daughter 45 minutes this way. I've got a daughter an hour this way. They're going to mock me. I'm never going to hear the end of this. And literally, I'm going like 40 miles an hour. And, I'm, and I turned the radio off because I wanted to save gas. And uh, if you've ever been in this spot, let me tell you what happened. Everything inside of me turns into a knot. Now, I'm not going to get killed. It's not. I mean, it's more about embarrassment and stupidity more than anything else. But I've got this knot in my stomach. And I'm just, I'm like, this is, this is crazy, Joe. You are so dumb. I'm processing all this. And somehow the car just keeps going. And I'm just kind of floating down the road. 
and praise God for a Circle K that was built on the south end of Titusville. And I rolled in there and I filled that car up and here's what happened. Immediately, all the tension went away. All the stress went away. All the embarrassment went away. I turned the radio back on and I started worshiping. Because now I have gas. I can worship, right? Um, but I got to thinking about it. All right, I'm not going to do that again. I will promise you that. I will not do it again. But I got to thinking, isn't that how it is? We're dealing with so much stress and so much uh, pain in life that we don't even notice it. But the stomach just keeps getting tighter and tighter. And sometimes it's the head that gets tighter and the anxiety. And we come to worship, we sing, we praise, we fill up. Maybe you need to make a decision. Maybe you've got to repent and get away from some sin that's in your life. Maybe it's really to make Jesus God and not some false God. But you know what it feels like when you have that sense of being set free. When God refills your tank. And Jesus said, I will present you before the Father without any fault at all. Can you imagine standing before God knowing you're guilty? And knowing that that feeling's never going to go away. But Paul said, no, you can stand there without fault, without blemish in the presence of an all-holy God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I, I thank you that in the midst of the turmoil of life and the struggles that we have personally, in our families in our church, in our relationships with each other, in all of these things, you are still Lord. And God, help us not to let money or any kind of political things or any kind of false gods get in the way of us staying with the way. So Lord, strengthen us for your service and may your Holy Spirit work in each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.